welcome to the Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora. And for today's topic, I want to talk about the presence of God. Now, this is a big buzzword in different Christian circles, honestly, of every variety and flavor. But I want to nuance it a little bit because depending on who you're talking to, it means different things. It might mean a sense of peace. It could be a tangible felt experience. Um, It could just be a mental assent to agreeing that the fact that God is everywhere. And so I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit and I want to start off by saying I'm not trying to corner the market on this term. Uh, In no way do I think I've got it all figured out, not even close, but I want to give a little language and a little description to this term, the presence of God, um, to hopefully help us understand the full package, or at least beginning to realize the package that we're tapped into. I think our whole life will be uncovering the fullness, but we've got fullness now, and and that's offensive. (laughs) People don't like that, because now there's no levels of competing, and... Uh, there's nothing to sell. But that's the good news of the kingdom is uh, Jesus did it all. He put it in me by the grace of God. And now it's a process of discovering that fullness in all of its ramifications, in all of its specific details. And the more I discover by God's grace, the more I'm able to demonstrate in the real world whether that's interacting with people or seeing things uh, shift in the atmosphere of the place that I live, work, and play. And hopefully by the end, it'll be good news to you. So let me tell you just a couple things that won't help you when we're talking about the presence of God. One of them is when you view God's presence as something that's separate from you, or if it's all up to you to learn how to get into the presence of God. In other words, if you view life, if you view your relationship with God through the lens of separation, and now it's through what you do that allows you to engage him versus what he's already done and you waking up to that and then you being able to demonstrate that, that's going to mess you up. You've got to realize that that in Christ, you're no longer separated from God. <laughs> you, you got to realize that even sin can't separate you. And if you're wondering where I get that from, it comes from the Bible. Uh, Romans 8 says it this way. It says, it says um, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And in that nothing, he, he goes, he says, uh, neither angels or demons, neither height nor depth, nor anything, uh, neither death nor life. Well, what is the wage of sin? It would be death. So if the result of sin can no longer separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, then we've got to realize that sin doesn't separate us from God. Now, what sin does is it causes decay in my perspective of who God is, who I am, how the world works, and that decay has real, tangible, negative results. I don't want to sin. I don't want to just go and do whatever seems like a great idea that's suggested, honestly, by the wrong source 
source, the enemy. Uh, that's we're not talking about a free for all. We're talking about uh, if I don't fear sin anymore, then I can actually walk through. Uh, the Holy Spirit upgrading my perspective and my identity in Christ based on what Jesus accomplished, and now I don't I don't let the fear, guilt, shame thing rule and, and run my life, and that's good news. So you can't see yourself as separate from God. You've got to start with you are in union, and nothing can separate you from Him. And if someone wants to argue and say, well, you're just talking about the love of God. Well, the problem is the scripture doesn't say it that way. The scripture says God is love. So if God is love, love isn't just something he does, but it's who he is, then that verse in Romans 8 is actually completely applicable here. If you can't be separate from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, the love of God is God himself. So therefore, you cannot be separated from God himself, even by the result of sin, which is death, because Jesus defeated it once for all. We're not going back. We're going forward. Boom. That's good news. Okay. And here's what happens. When you, when you believe that your bad behavior causes God to get offended and get touchy and act like a wounded lover, when that's your perspective, then striving just starts ratcheting up in your life. Working or trying to earn in order to qualify to be in God's presence starts to ratchet up in your life. And you constantly live self-evaluating, believing that you are actually the one responsible for the good things going on in your life. Therefore, in we give a token uh, statement to God, oh, it's all God, but in our hearts we know, but I did it and that's why God blessed me. And it's not true. So I've even heard it said, well, you know, sure, it's all grace, but man, you had to make intentional decisions to, to make the right choices. Here's where I would push right back on that by saying this. The scripture says it is God who both wills and works in me in order to do the things of God. That's Philippians 2. It is God who is at work both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. It is God who gives me the desire to obey. It is God who gives me the will to obey. It is God that gives me the power to obey. I cannot take credit for anything. Not a, not a single thing. That doesn't mean I'm lazy. That doesn't mean I don't have thoughts. That doesn't mean I don't take initiative. That doesn't mean I don't learn and study and grow. That's not what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, even that, I am tracing back to the incorruptible seed that it was planted in me by the work of Jesus that is now bearing fruit through my life. And when I don't have to take credit for it, now I don't put the burden on myself to maintain it. And I I live by simple trust that God will give me the next piece for the next phase of life, whether that's in my work life, my family life, my play life, whatever uh, um, whatever expression or whatever phase of life I'm in, I can trust that God is in it with me because I'm in union with him and we're walking this thing out together. And that's good news. Here's the other thing. You end up when you believe that it's all up to you and God's presence is separate from you and you only come into his presence by doing good, then you know what happens? You focus on yourself a lot. You're always thinking about you. And we got to realize that that old self is done and dead and gone. Therefore, we are free to not think about ourselves anymore. And that's good news.
Okay. I want to look at a couple scriptures that will hopefully encourage you in this topic of the presence of God. The first one is found in 2 Corinthians 3. We're going to read verse 12 through 18. It says this, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face. So if you think uh, moderating your relationship with God and you know saying, Oh no, um, it's uh, it's... There's nothing for me to give and it's all God. That's true, but we can we can take that to an extreme instead of, yeah, it is God and he's got it for you and I want my face to shine so you realize what's possible. Not so that you need me, but so you recognize the same power is at work in you and it's just time to believe it which is even that is a gift. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. Guys, we want the world to take note of the radiance of his presence that is emanating from our person. We want them to take note. We want them to see. We want them to be attracted. Why? So that they can have the same awakening and realize who Jesus is and what he's done and then begin to operate from living the Christ life living out of the person of Jesus Christ that is why we don't want to veil our faces anymore we do not want to hinder this unbroken fellowship from being expressed to a world that has no clue it says but their minds were made dull for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant not the old testament but the old covenant is read it has not been removed because only in christ is it taken away even to this day when moses is read a veil covers their hearts but whenever anyone turns to the lord the veil is taken away now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom now i want you to catch this and we who with unveiled faces all reflect, or another way to translate that word is contemplate. We all contemplate the the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. In other words, guys, the presence of God is an awareness. It is contemplating that you are in his presence all the time, at work, at home, when you sleep, when you wake up, when you read your Bible, when you're at the gym, when you're having fun, all the time, you're in the presence of God. And so you just practice it. You don't perform for it. You practice it. You practice letting letting the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth. Letting the Holy Spirit give you revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done and therefore who you are now and therefore what is possible through your life now. I had a, a good friend uh, say the other day, it's a great point. He said, he said, we've got to get past the term performance because what what we mean as believers is we're not going to do fear, anxiety, striving, and earning from God. But we are going to deliver results through our vocation that bless people and help them out in what they're doing. Whether that's business or medicine or education or uh, pastors in the church or whatever sphere of society you're in. And he's exactly right. We've got to realize that... that in God's grace, we can now deliver results that are 
precise that are what people need that deliver value to people in whatever sphere God's given you and it has nothing to do with earning striving performing in the sense of trying to do something to prove to God or people but it is a demonstration of what's been done we're living from victory and we now have confidence to know yes I can deliver that yes it's possible because our resources are not limited to our little finite human existence but we realize we have been infused with the divine life and now it's God's resources his thought processes his capacity is now at work in us and our teams and our organizations and whatever other platform that you're a part of. And that's good news. Colossians 2.9 says, uh, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in bodily form and you have been given fullness. Guys, we don't have just a part of the presence of God. We have the fullness of the presence of God. And all it is, is an awakening, a realization, a trusting that despite what we feel, despite what hasn't happened, despite the contradictions we may be facing, we will not, by the grace of God, allow those circumstances to deter us from the truth that we We are fully planted in the person of Jesus who has uh, brought us into union with the entirety of the Godhead. And now we're participating in the divine life. Romans 6, 5 says, if we have been united or put into union in his death, we will certainly be united with his resurrection. And the good news, Jesus is resurrected. Therefore, you are fully plugged into his resurrected life. The presence of God is not something that comes and goes. It's something that our awareness grows and we operate. We operate from that place and our words have authority. When we pray, things move in the spirit realm. Things activate. Things come alive. And I believe it's God's desire that believers would begin to catalyze atmospheres where they live, work, and play. That neighborhoods would be the safest places uh, in the city. Their neighborhoods would be the safest places in the city. And as they make disciples in other neighborhoods, they would teach them the same things. And the worst neighborhoods in our cities would become the most healthy, thriving, alive neighborhoods in our city, that workplaces, when people show up at your workplace, that they get creative ideas, that creativity is ruling and reigning in the atmosphere, that there's no room for fear, there's no room for discouragement, there's no room for doubt, because the atmosphere is so pregnant with his promises, it's so pregnant with his power, that people are just tapping into that without even realizing it, that that would spill out into the streets, it would spill out into every corner of our city, and that even unbelievers would begin to operate in that that tangible presence of God. They would have visions and dreams of Jesus. They would see him for who he is. They would have encounters with the living God. They would have creative ideas and begin to bless and honor and help other people. Guys, this is possible. It's possible for, for cities to be ruled by the presence of God. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a clamp down ruling. It's a bottom up ruling. It's a creating stability. It's creating safety. It's creating wholeness. It's creating life. It's creating, um, um, whole relationships, whole families, whole companies, whole schools, whole churches, whole every sphere of society, every one of them being whole and complete and operating in the presence of power of God. What would happen if cities then began to send uh, professionals to other cities that had problems and we just began to demonstrate God's kingdom in that vocation that we've been given. And now 
Cities, regions, nations begin to come alive. That disciples are made, churches are planted, businesses are started. Um, doctors are moving in the power of God, and they're moving in the wisdom of God and how they treat patients. Uh, educators are getting innovative, creative strategies of how to educate the poor, how to educate the rich, how to educate the middle class, how to begin creating networking among the different social classes. That when they go through college, they no longer see a breakdown in socioeconomic boundaries, but they say friendships and relationships, and they start thinking from a family orientation that the the divorce rate goes down to zero, crime rate goes down to zero, that policemen don't have jobs anymore, they got to go get other jobs because cities are so safe and they're governed by citizens who look out for one another, who cover one another's needs, who take care of people that are in challenge, and who love people that don't love them back. And we begin to see that, that wave of God's presence, that move of His Spirit, Uh, that is already at work. Guys, God is moving, period, the end. He moves every day, all the time. It's just a matter of realizing that he's doing it. And how do you realize it? You thank him. You just begin to say, thank you, God. It's who I am. It's who you are. It's what you've done in me. Guys, God's presence feels like an infusion of life. It's like resurrection life. It can be felt in your body. It is a sense of peace and prosperity. It is, it is a hope that the future is bright. There is a sense of pleasure and joy. There's a sharpness of mind. You have clear thoughts that you know are divine. There's a sensitivity to the emotions of God. There's this overwhelmingly wonderful, intoxicating experience in His presence. The list goes on and on. I'm just scratching in the surface here. And here's the question people ask, well, what if I don't feel anything? Here's the good news. Don't worry. Don't let your feelings govern what you believe. Let your feelings simply be something that you learn to, to, um, to manage. In other words, when I feel something negative or I don't feel God's presence, I just allow that to, uh, to cause the opposite way of thinking, trusting, declaring to start working. So I don't feel anything. Thank you, God, that I experienced your presence. Thank you, God, that I'm fully, I'm fully connected to the presence of God. Thank you, God, that my mind is sharp. My, my emotions are sharp. My, uh, my mental capacity is laser focused. Thank you, God, that I am full of life. Thank you, God, that I am aware of your presence. Thank you, God, that it's flowing out of me, that everywhere I go, people are getting hit by the presence of God. They're awakening to your presence that's coming off my life. God, I'm catalyzing atmospheres. When I walk down the street, the glory of God is being distributed and dispersed on the streets. When I drive my car, God, my car is a tangible place of your presence. Guys, this is the way we allow our thoughts and our our declaration to go. We don't let our feelings determine what's true, but our feelings become an indicator of places that we don't really trust God. Therefore, God can use those negative emotions to help you upgrade your perspective by his grace. So what do we do? Let me just say this. That's always the question. What do I do with this? Okay. It's more about what you believe when you face contradiction than what you do. The doing will flow from the believing. When you believe and trust God, I'm telling you guys, action is easy. Action flows. Action is catalytic. And by catalytic, I mean it changes things. It awakens things. It moves things. There's, there is a demonstration of life 
when it when we shift by the grace of God what we believe, who we trust, where we're resting in, who we're resting in. So begin thanking God for the truth and don't agree with what you feel. Agree with who he is. Agree with what he says. Allow the Holy Spirit to rework your perspective and realize you're always in his presence. Therefore, you're always practicing his presence. So thankfulness, agreement, and declaration will help you settle into the reality of being in his presence and you will grow in your awareness of how united you are with him. Father, I thank you for increase of awareness of your presence for every person that listens. God, I thank you for customized um, customized tools and ways that each person is designed by you to grow and awaken to who you are and what you've done. God, I thank you that every person is planted into your divine life and therefore, God, the full resources of heaven are behind them at every step and stage in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes, and iTunes will suggest this podcast to others. Thanks, everyone, and take care. Mm-hmm.